Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. All right. Hey, y'all. I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And, you know, this week we're going to kind of, you know, jump back in the saddle a little bit. You know, we took a week off. Um, but, you know, I really think like this week it's, you know, it's kind of standing out a little bit more and more seeing it from we were at Rapid and then kind of seeing more stuff pop up on the interwebs and YouTube and a couple other things. A lot of people are really starting to worry about the risks. There's hypersecurity risks when it comes down to 3D printing. And a lot of this deals with, and the reason why we're seeing a lot of this uptick, is a lot of printers are either A, connected to your network, or B, they're connected to the cloud environment. And if you buy these printers, you don't have to secure your environment. Then we're kind of, you know, I guess you could say, you know, up the creek. However, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through a kind of a series here. Um, this is the first part of the series of cybersecurity um, and 3D printing freaking um, uh, series, and we're going to talk about the risks. Um, next week, we'll get into how do I secure my my, my network, yep. you know, against some of these things. And then what we can do is we can even go on through an entire another series where we kind of talk about, you know, how do I make a off-network 3D printing solution that kind of you know gets things through the through, through the process if I want to make. A, my own combined network, like using VLANs and stuff like that. Closed network solutions. Closed network solutions using VLANs, guest networks, that type of stuff. Stuff to keep it off your own network. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, I, if you don't, I, I definitely, I've been kind of holding it in, but I, I think we have a def, a good starting point on it. I mean, yeah, it, it was, you know, if we just cover the risks. Yeah. And risks right now are your biggest animal. Um, yeah. Uh, and I don't know what it is, just, Something, I guess you can say, in you know the lo- lower food digestion region, you know, mm. kind of gets me. That says we're going in a bad direction. We're we're, yeah. we're going in a very unsafe way, um, you know, because you got all these guys that are cloud this, cloud that. You can't run your printer without being on the cloud. Yeah. Hello, Bamboo Labs. Well, let me let me <laughs> let me yeah, take a second and ask that same question to to Ed. Like, why why do you think that? Uh, oh well. First off, do you think that the cybersecurity and 3D printing is going in the bad direction, in a bad direction? Because I mean, uh, Nick is saying it's it's not headed, you know, in the right way. So how how do you feel about it? First off, well, I would say generally the problem anytime we introduce new technology, we're more uh, concerned with you know using it than we are about you know the mechanics behind it. So. In that aspect, yes, yes, we probably are, you know, going in it blind. Um, you know, the main three things with anything in cybersecurity is CIA. Mm. So confidentiality, integrity, and accessibility. So the, the, the problem with those three things, those three things have three unique issues, and most people do not understand those three concepts. And that's why I would say um, most consumers are not going to be um, savvy enough to make mm. the correct settings or mm. be savvy enough to understand, hey, I, I need to do this opposed mm-hmm. to that. And that's probably the biggest problem. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I, I agree because I, I think in both both your cases, you said it kind of differently. Um, Nick, you're saying that 
you know, it's going in the wrong direction because we're trying to incorporate more, um, I guess I would say, like inclusivity of, you know, um, remote connections, mm -hmm. you know, cloud-based things like that. And then you're saying that we're so eager, uh, Ed, to, to, to use the 3D printer and to get it connected that we don't care about the security. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest yeah. with you, is that the additive manufacturing and 3D printing sp specifically, you know, FDM, SLS, any type of, you know, big industrial printing with, you know, CNC, not CNC machines, I'm sorry, the um, the electron beam laser, any of the fusion, mm -hmm. um, anything like that. Uh, the biggest thing is, is it's in a production environment. And production kind of lives on uptime. Like, if you're producing at every single second you can, then you're making money every single second yeah, you can. Makes sense. Um, so I, I agree that it's a little bit of both. We're going we're going in blind because we want to use it too quick. You know we're going in um, you know to connect to your cloud. When are we like even thinking about our entry points? Like we talked about we're talking about the focus of the thing risk. Mm -hmm. When I think risk, what is what are the entry points into your network? You know what are the vulner what are the vulnerabilities? How can I spoof whatever trick your network into thinking that I'm a device on there? Um, and, and, and how do I get access to your network and which, you know, in turn gets your personal information. So, so for me, if you do not protect that printer, I can make your printer react like a computer asking for mm -hmm. data, react like your Amazon echo asking you for your location. Like there's a whole bunch of dangerous and kind of scary stuff. <laughs> once you're in, if you're inside, once you're inside the printer and you have a control of the network card, yeah, you can see everything on that person's network and you can hop from from point to point until you kind of find the device you're looking for. So your computer that you've been trying to protect, your database that you have running internally on your system, you connected your printer yep. and it's invulnerable or, or it's vulnerable, and now your computer it's, it's is like, vulnerable. You know, you, like, a lot of the guys, you, you know, for example, like Prusa Research and, you know, some of the older enders, they really don't have, you know, network connectivity. Um, me and Ed walked, watched a, a, a review on the um, uh, the new Prusa Mark IV. Mm. The new Prusa Mark IV, they're only having a 6 megabit transmission speed between its network card and the PC that was 3 inches away from it. Mm. So... I don't know if I like that. Well, here's the thing about that, though. <laughs> it only took thing. four minutes. It only took four minutes to transmit <laughs> to, a, a file. To send the file. 32 megabytes. <laughs> 32 megabytes. Just in a benchy. But it's a start. <laughs> the thing is, is what that means is, hey, it's it's for short-range communication. It's not. It's for somebody who is inside yeah. the same room. So it is internal communication to that building only. Yeah. However, still, most people do remove the network cards. Um, but I think when you're taking a printer, normally I'm, I, I hate to bash on Bamboo Labs, to be honest with you, I really do. Um, but you're taking a printer, you're turning into part of your network. Hmm? Because I have to be connected to my net, to, to the cloud for this printer to even work. Yeah. I mean. You know, I love the aesthetics of the printer. Don't get me wrong. The aesthetics of the printer, the ability for it to do multi-material multi unit right outside the box, great. Yeah. But you telling me that the only way I can use you is because to hook you up into the cloud? Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, how close are we to getting your printer? Yeah. Uh, you get you going to the store, you're buying a printer router combo pack right. instead. So, right. Let's, like I said, we go back to what I said, the principle of CIA. The confidentiality part is, is your IP. Yep. 
So your intellectual property is being it's being exposed. So say companies that are printing on a mass scale or printing farms, if you're printing something, somebody could uh, make a bootleg of that product mm-hmm. or make defective parts and affect your brand. Right. The the integrity part <clears throat> of that is uh, NYU did a, a study and said that there are ways to do things on a sub miniature let a sub miniature level that wouldn't show up in the in the strength of a product in the beginning but over time it would fail Mm -hmm. these are things that you cannot detect right now there is no way to detect this with the technology we have uh there are things you can do layer wise that can be done that is not visual visual or visible to the eye that you can't account for Mm -hmm. And then when we get to availability, if I do some type of uh, denial of service attack and I got a a printing farm, then that uptime is down. So I'm losing money. Mm -hmm. So like I said, these are some of the things that you have to keep in mind far as risk. And, you know, I think, you know, also most of the time your risk all goes back on the person using it and the availability of them to your network. Um, but then again, that goes into the fact that most of these printers should be off-networked anyways. Mm. Or, if you're going to do that, we'll talk about this later in a different episode, is, you know, VLANing that, that, that only printer on its own VLAN to communicate to the outside world and back again. You know, you only have one PC on that VLAN, you only have one p- printer on that VLAN, you only have the outside world on that VLAN, you know, to keep it to itself so it can't harm anything inside your own network, you don't have to communicate with anything else. However, that's down the road. I think, you know, we're, we're getting down the proverbial rabbit hole with that one. Yeah, it's not just a plug-and-play. You just right. download this and go through this configurator. It's a lot of work. Right. And the thing is, is then you start getting into, you know, what is the risk of me having my my net, my, my printer on the cloud? It's Then you start dealing with at cloud solution issues of mm-hmm. if, for example, that cloud provider gets hacked yeah. or gets infiltrated for some strange reason, now all your IP is gone. Yeah, you're relying on somebody else's security in that in that case. Even if it's just an, even though even though it's G code files, you normally print the G code file on that printer. However, if you have one certain printer or one type of printer on one cloud environment, then they already know what printer to use. They already know how to get your stuff. So it's. I don't think spoofing the printer and making it think it's a different one's not going to hurt either. It's it's right. going to take your print. Uh, yeah. So. Well, just give you just to add a little bit of data to that. So about thirty-eight percent to forty percent of advanced manufacturers that had a cybersecurity incident, mm-hmm. and about twenty-five percent of that have had at least a one million dollar loss. Mm-hmm. Advanced yeah. additive manufacturers, yeah, not hobbyists, mm-hmm. yeah. Big names. It's I mean it's it's so too, it's too easy. The I risk. Mean, the risk. If if advanced manufacturers are having these issues yeah imagine what a, a a hobbyist will encounter right in the next three to five years yeah i mean we we talked about like w- there was a big time where you know um w- what is it uh, identity theft and fraud and all that thing is 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 huge i mean it started what was the first like one of the first email things was like the nigerian prince you're sending money to yeah like everything is a certain way to get um, you know, a little bit of cash out of, you know, maybe a difficult source, right? And, you know, hacking into your network is just another way to get to your personal information, which, you know, in, in the end, 
can get to any bit of your digital wealth that you right. have. Like it's if they know how to you know access your private personal information, they can be you. For all intents and purposes. But there could be also that Nigerian prince out there who's yeah. been trying to give away his money for the last 30 years. Yeah, he's just sitting in an apartment with all his money. <laughs> Here's another scary aspect that's a, a big risk. is the medical industry is now doing even more things with 3D printing. Oh, so yeah. now you're talking about personal data that's being Cranial tied. Implants. So, I mean, like, it's... it's yeah. We're not, we're not trying to be a, a uh, scare anybody. We're just trying to inform people yeah, so you, you that got, the risks are real. You got HIPAA issues well, at that point. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's the thing. It's it's like if this is the bleeding edge of tech uh, mm-hmm. of an industry and it's combining two industries, you know, medical and additive manufacturing, and you get to a certain point where you, you have to ask the ethical questions, not just can I do it. Okay, we know you can do it. <laughs> like we can, we've seen it done. Mm-hmm. You've practiced it. Should you do it is is a different and, question, and, and if you have everybody's data, maybe it's in your best oh, interest that, to take a second. That one yeah. question right there, that one statement right there, leads me to a point of where that is a question that next year, Rapid, we're, we're going to bring up. Yeah. I think when we talk to some of these guys who are doing, and this is a question that needs to be asked, if you're going to buy a 3D printer for a medical environment, this is what you, you know, it should be asked, is, is, your, is, is your printer certified by HIPAA? Are you protecting the data that you're that, that's being transferred that's being transferred through this device? I understand it's only a print. I get it. You're only printing dental dental crowns. I get it. However, that still goes back that date that dental yeah. crown still goes back to an individual. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's not just a print. Right. Data is data is laced with that print. Right. The the thing that the, some of the things they're doing, and we're not going to get in detail. Mm-hmm. They are looking at digital rights management with some of the, the files mm-hmm. that are being used on yeah. the PC. They are looking at encryption. Right. They are looking at, like you said, um, barriers between the additive manufacturing uh, equipment. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that's not what we're going to get into today, but they, right. there are techniques right. that are being used. And it's like, if you think about it, you know, another risk that you get when you start talking about, you know, some of these, I guess you say print farmers, you start dealing with, especially if it's coming over a USB stick, USB sticks should be corrupted, implanted, whatever the hell you know comes across the board, right? However, if you start using secured thumb drives inside your environment, you just now take that risk away. You know what's on your thumb drive. You have the password to it. You control its access. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, am I? You know, it's, something you have, and right. something you are. Right. And the thing yeah. is, if it's constantly on you at all times, you can't. There's no way that it can be, you know, spoofed at that point, especially if it's encrypted. These printers can handle encryption. You just got to unencrypt it, unencrypt it with a passcode. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, not to get into the solutions, but right. iPhone, you know, people have the uh, people have their opinions about iPhone and Android. Yeah. And I was for a long time an Android person, but the beauty of the iPhone is it can do facial recognition. Why can't my printer, if I'm using some type of camera system to monitor that system? do facial recognition and if I want to add a file or something I can I can drop it I can airdrop yeah. it from a device that's secure and it has to be within yeah. a so a certain range of that device before I can airdrop it Makes so sense. why why couldn't we do those type of things yeah. and not to come up with solutions just I mean there are some yeah. things well, to, simple to, things to kind of to kind of piggyback in it I guess I wouldn't say answer the question because, yeah, we're eventually going to need to come up with solutions for these things anyways. We're going to be spitballing 
eventually anyways but that's not for here um but you, you get to the point and you bring you bring in something up like you why can't we add this piece to make it why can't we add mm -hmm. this piece software hardware whatever the case may be i think that the reason we are in the certain state that we are now maybe kind of teetering in the wrong direction uh is is because to get the printers in the hobbyist homes and to get more printers out there we had to drive the price down which means that we have no budget for security we have no budget for uh i mean some of them come with a camera I haven't seen very many that come with several cameras. So what I, what I mean camera, I don't mean that this is something that... So most people that nowadays, mm. most millennials or more most tech-savvy people add a camera yep. to their system because yeah, they yeah, want yeah. to monitor the print. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is why don't we add the application or why don't we add here's mm. a use case or here's a white paper that Prusa or whoever mm -hmm. that's involved, enders mm -hmm. or whatever. Hey, here's, here's the best case you can do this. We have this application already set up. We set up an API that's internal to here. There you go, yeah. yeah. Internal to the system, we develop an API, and all you have to do is be within this range. We develop that API. Yeah. So it's- Like it, a beacon? Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, is it's, not, it's not the consumers yeah. that maybe should drive the technology, it's the consumers that should push the boundaries mm -hmm. to make them drive the technology. Now, the one thing, like you mentioned, cost. Yeah. You know, and again, we're talking about other stuff here. <clears throat> cost and, and software development, yes, they ride on the same train. Mm. However, if you're already inside that the, the, the dev train, why can't I say, hey, do me a favor, add a, where somebody has, can create or, or use a default passcode to unlock the the um, USB port, or to unlock or mount the USB, or yeah. to mount all that, it's a simple line of code. It's with, you know at least two lines of code, and that's it. You know, um, that's so, something I don't see enough of is locking USBs. Exactly, but the thing is, is people they do they they they, they follow the money train. Yep. You know, well development takes money. Three lines of code is not a lot of money. But that's why you drive open source. Right, exactly. But and the thing is, is there there's another risk. Another risk is the open source environment. However, the open source environment is also what fixes 95% of these issues. So it's a double-edged sword. Because open source environment and open source itself is inherently risky. Mm -hmm. Because no one controls the code except for the outside world. And you don't know what could be implanted in there if you're not used to doing security reviews and stuff like that. But, However, but, yeah. the, the people on those forums will be the ones that fix it. That's that's what I was going to get at. Most, most of these open source... Most of the credible open source platforms use GitHub or some type of right. uh, agile platform that's having a review over this. So if someone was being mischievous, most of these guys are digging through the code. That's what they are. They're code, they're code rats. Yeah. So they're, they're in there looking at these things. So mm -hmm. yes, yes, the poison apple is possible. Mm -hmm. But... If nobody ever bites the poison apple to figure out what an <laughs> antidote is for the poison apple, then you stuck with the same situation. Right. What Ed's saying is, is we're not going to eat the apple. We're going to need we need three names of somebody that's going to eat the apple. Prusa, <laughs> Ender, somebody, somebody's got to do it. And the thing is, is you know, you have some of those, those communities out there that are just absolutely rocking it. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> hardcore rocking the the cybersecurity world, open source world, doing great things. 
you know, making sure things are right when they come out. You know, clip the the Clipper environment guys, who are, who are the dev team behind that, the Marlin guys, the guys behind Marlin. And aren't those two open source? Both of them are completely yeah. open source. Yeah. And and how much malicious code have you come across since you put Clipper on your machine? I've I've looked through the code base. I haven't you've, seen much. You've been in three D printing well longer than we have. How much yeah. Marlin code you didn't come across that had some kind of malicious code in it that None we know of? None of it. Because yeah. if it was corrupted, I'd pull <clears throat> it and format it, and it's gone. <laughs> but the thing is, it shows that you have good people out there who are in yeah. this community. And, you know, that kind of mitigate the risks. When you start talking major risk, you're talking about, hey, guess what, dummy, you did to yourself. Oh, yeah. You know, you're talking, you know, these guys at these major firms that are running your, you know, your Stratasys machines, that are running some of your other bigger machines, and stuff like that. They go, oh, here, let me upload this file from this thumb drive that I found on the floor. Well, you know, you know and you crazy? inject yeah, your own like problem. But you, and, and now, now you magically somehow got freaking, you know, ransomware on a 3D printer, which honestly, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, unplug. Unplug. It. Yeah. Unplug it. Unplug it. Here's what's, here's what's, here's what's hilarious to me. It's a man in a box. Yeah. NASA is <laughs> working with people that 3D print rockets, right? When was the last time one of those uh, robots got attacked or had some uh, malicious code put on? When the robots that make the like uh, relativity space the yeah. Stargate? Yeah, I mean, when was like what, what, probably when they belonged to an automotive manufacturer before then. So, so what I'm getting? At, I'm gonna be honest. I'm, they probably I'm set at, up the internal network. I, I right. would say, but oh, it's, yeah, it's they did not a great just, job of it too. There, there is no system, and when I say no system, there is yeah. no system that can be air gapped on Earth. Mm. Not a one. Zero. Hmm. And if somebody tell you that, they're lying. Because some idiot will do exactly what we just said with a USB stick. Or some idiot will bring a phone in hmm. that's been compromised that will attack the network from inside. There is no air gap system other than unplug it from the damn internet and no <laughs> access to the internet. And guess what? It run on a floppy disk and only one floppy disk. And then still you got a problem. Because it's probably some person that know how to reverse that. So the point is, is I was wondering where you had floppy disk from. Oh, you still oh, get them, bro. <laughs> Believe it or not, you can still buy them. That's the crazy part. But here, here's the thing with consumers, us. Mm. When we when we buy a car, there's a manual. Mm -hmm. The manual needs to include best practices when it comes to securing a network. If you are giving people access to Wi-Fi network connections it's a, it's the responsibility of the manufacturer of that piece of equipment to put a disclaimer in there okay every automotive manufacturer says hey yeah blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm not saying it's their responsibility to do well, they it they don't warn you but they should give you yeah. best mm -hmm. practices it's a start that's not going to fix it no but as a start to at least educate people against the risk right yeah because i already think of like a couple a couple issues because 3D printing in and of itself is, you know, it's a bunch of hobbyists, a bunch of makers that are able to throw a bunch of parts together and connect it and get it running. So inherently, if you're not prepared to make a network or maybe you don't know the IT side enough on that, you should do a little bit more research or ask a couple people because, like, you're only going to work in the opposite direction at the end of the day yeah. whenever you're machine is bricked because it, you, yeah. you, you connected to something you shouldn't and if y'all need help with that let us know yeah yeah, yeah. um we have no problem jumping in on that giving y'all a hand it 
you know, it's better y'all yeah. not get, you know, struck. Here's one more insight, and I'm going to leave it alone because, yeah. you know, I, I can't help myself. How is it a television can have a remote, I hit the remote, and it goes through and scan every channel from an antenna mm. on its own? You're telling me nobody can create an app or nobody wants to create an app that goes through and scan your network and secure that network with basic principles. Nope, nobody has this. It's no smart people in the world. All we can do is melt plastic. I don't know. I mean, maybe you have an app, Ed. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm saying, if it's that easy for a, a yeah. thing that was created yeah, hundreds of years ago, yeah. why has nobody made this to where out of the box it knows blah 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 set up vp well they, yeah. we have we do have next gen firewalls oh yeah i know believe me ubiquity's got the new ones out now. yeah so i'm not saying that they should do that i'm just saying maybe you should have a basic configuration and somebody yeah, has yeah, to yeah. dig in there and make it unsafe right just a basic configuration yeah. that's secure and then from there you you do whatever it, they can't we can't protect everything Okay, maybe it's a legal issue. I don't know. Could be. I, I mean, I think that there's definitely legal issues. I, I think you bring up a good point when you're talking about, you know, if, if someone's selling, if if I'm, you know, one of the big names saying, hey, buy my printer, and I'm not, and I'm saying, oh, yeah, go ahead and connect to this, like, get, get this all connected, and you get your data stolen, or your identity taken, whatever the, the case, like, yeah, I think that there would be a case made for that, and, and it would probably gain some bit of traction. Mm -hmm. On the other side of things... I think that you're absolutely right that the, the user needs to educate themselves as well and needs to prepare themselves. My thing, is, my, my other kind of monkey wrench I throw in there mm -hmm. is for what about the people who are like the developers of Oron or the developers of these like uh, outsourced... Like um, VZBot and all Yeah, that. like the, where they're like, here's a bill of materials. You go buy the parts. You go set the stuff up. Do you think that now the responsibility lies on if the, those developers? So who's ever making the board? Who's mm. ever making the main board? We're, we're, I don't care about the plastic because the plastic the, is not doing the communication. Okay. The communication is via the main board. The MCU, yeah. The main board manufacturers, whether that's Prusa or Prusa, give it out to somebody mm. or Andrew, not picking on nobody. Yeah. I'm saying... If we're saying that we are the innovators, we are the leaders, we're the ones pushing this technology, we want to put one in every person's hand, well, you better secure it. Mm -hmm. How many cars you go to that have Wi-Fi in them unsecure now? A lot of them. The majority of them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take 30 seconds mm -hmm. to yep. compromise a Wi-Fi system. Why is that? Because it was put in there to, to make money. They I mean, just honestly, added. They added the capability to have it without thinking about security. Yeah, that's it's, the reason. They like, could put it in on there. you know on my truck, for example. We I have the I have Wi-Fi on board, and the thing I'll say this about how you know Chevy does it is Chevy won't let you move that vehicle when you first buy Wi-Fi and Wi-Fi install without putting a password username to it. You won't even activate it. Until and until that until the basic security salt set, set is done but that's, on the But that's vehicle. that's all I'm saying. Change the default to something that's not the, the default. Password to one two three. Yeah, but I'm saying I mean, people are gonna do it anyways. Yeah, true. <clears throat> but but I, don't, don't. I do, do that. believe one two three pound for Man, don't do that because we, we're getting into something else. I'm just gonna say it real quick. I do believe in the future if we do not add protection or roadblocks for people. 
then you're never going to secure any network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that should not be viable. And, you know, I think the also the, the, the risk yeah. that there is to the, you know, to the community as far as the additive manufacturing community is no one's talking about it. No. You know, the, the, the thing is your, your biggest risk to any type of event when you talk about, you know, cybersecurity is the fact that no one talks about it. I could tell you that the only conversations that we had at, at um, a Rapid was when we'd initiate the conversation about cybersecurity, mm. and it would end pretty quickly because people don't want to talk about it. Yeah. it uh, you know, it, it's one of those things of where I implore people these days to actually talk about that type of stuff because right now that is your biggest risk. If you don't actually, if you don't take the time to have a conversation about it, like we're having now, you know, we're just throwing ideas out there. But the thing is, is everybody's learning something new, you know. And the thing is, if you don't have to take the time to actually have the conversation. To bring put the bring the conversation to the forefront, why is anybody willing to make the change? There's not, and, the, and the, this is the other reason why I see this is there's also no governing body, you know, inside the AM space that says, hey, guess what? Let's open this dialogue with all these manufacturers and say, hey, let's 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 talk about this. You know, let's talk about the cybersecurity. How can we all get together yeah. and create a standard? Like for example, you have the NIST standard. You also have the IEE standard. You know, why can't there'd be an AM, you know, standard as far as for like NIST, you know, type of cyber type, type of stuff because mm-hmm. NIST doesn't cover added manufacturing at all. Not inside of its inside of its framework. And well the, the issue you're gonna probably have is that's probably gonna fall close on the FCC. Right, exactly. Um but uh, I I will say this. Why do you think a bicycle have brakes? Because when they first built a bike, nobody thought about putting brakes on it. Why you think a bicycle have a chain guard? Because when they first put it on there, they didn't assume that somebody would stick their finger in there. <laughs> Why you think a bicycle have a kickstand? They never thought that, hey, maybe I have to sit this, I have to store this bike somewhere. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is no one is thinking about the things you have to add to the printer. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know what? I got this on my phone. It'd be nice to have it on the printer. Okay, the phone is somewhat protected. Right. Somewhat. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that you're getting towards the point that I would like to make is that, like, so you're absolutely right. You're, you're thinking about um, the phone is protected. You're sending it to something that's unprotected. Why is nobody building the protection on it? I think that, uh, sorry, why is no one building a protection uh, or some type of security base with the printer that they're selling? My thing is, is that if, if uh, I mean, we de- I don't want to just sit on the capitalist you know, hill, but we definitely, you know, y- you cast your votes with your your dollar bills. Like, if I'm, if we're selling, or if you know, hobbyists are buying MK3 Prusas or MK4 Prusas, like by the thousands, you know, and they're buying them as is, that gives Prusa no incentive to to make any effort towards that. So I think that one of the pieces is that the consumer also has to kind of say. Hey, I would like this. Maybe, maybe not say, "Hey, I'm not gonna buy your item until you put it on there," but push it with the maker, and then eventually, you know, it, there's always forums that you can get those. Creality has a lot of things they reach out to, but then on the other side of things is like you very much so pay, you vote for things with your dollars. So if you're buying a lot of these printers, then you're telling them don't change anything. And the thing is, is you know, I had a conversation <clears throat> with Prusa. You know, with the Prusa team, you know, at Rapid, and I brought that same conversation. I said, you know, 
what about securing these damn places? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, most of the time these people are taking the, the Wi-Fi cards out of our printers or asking us to send them a printer without a Wi-Fi card. And so I, you know, I brought up the question, is that going to be an option later on? I don't know. He wasn't one of the ones that could, you know, make that decision or comment on the decisions going forward. However, it, it you know, the, the conversations have started, I think. It's probably his idea. He brought it up in the, yeah. in the daily meetings. <laughs> Morning stand-up. Like, um, he put on a combo card. They didn't um, agree. <laughs> but but I, go, I, go back to, I go back to this. You're not recreating the protections. Yeah. This is not something that's nosebleed. If Prusa is using 50-year-old economic models, then Prusa might not be around in five years. Yeah. So Prusa, I'm assuming, is using some type of data analytics, or they should be, yeah. to forecast what will happen in the future. Mm-hmm. The technology exists already. There is no, I got to develop this. Mm-hmm. It's laziness. It's it's a money grab, yeah. and I don't think it's you know mainly on on the Prusa side of the house. Well, I'm not saying Prusa oh, no. that I, way. I, I know what you mean. But they push that they're on the forefront. They're on the cusp. We do oh, yeah. blah blah blah. And it, and or two, reality too. Yeah, we don't. I'm just saying, bamboo. You you shame on you if you get one and hook up to that cloud. You ask for it. You know who own it. So well, it's your problem. The, the thing is, is now we go back to the yeah. the the reality K one. Yeah. From you know, I'm just saying, and you're back on the call. You're back on the call. You're back on the clock. <laughs> yeah, back on the clock. I'm just saying, Ed, okay. Ed's line of defense. We gotta make a shirt off of this. Do you unplug it from the network? Yeah, <laughs> just unplug. I'm gonna yeah. create that shirt and upload it to our, uh, our, our 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 store. Yeah. It's like you want it to be secure. Well, you better unplug it. Yep. <laughs> it, it it's a ba- it's like the basic IT rule. Did you reboot it? Well, we don't want to scare people away. No, we just, we're now in out of manufacturing. Is did you level it? The the whole <laughs> the whole purpose did. of this this particular episode in this podcast was just to inform people. Right. I believe, if nothing else, all of the additive manufacturers that are targeting the consumer market are what we call hobbyists in the additive manufacturing environment. Yeah. You should at least do some type of educational thing. Yeah. Start a YouTube. Uh, episode where you go through how to secure. Yeah. That's a minimum of what you mm-hmm. can do. Mm-hmm. It'd be a hard time. Open, open some uh, workshops for free for people to come in. When you're at these conventions, yeah, do that. Show. You don't, you, you don't have to go full scale. I understand it costs money to do these things, but it costs you nothing to have a digital footprint and be a responsible person. Yeah. Or company. Mm-hmm. If at the end of the day, that's who we're, we're trying to be responsible people. Now, if we're just going to be capitalists, then, okay, well, then you, yeah. the people are going to have to fix it themselves. And the, then after everybody yeah. fix it and make these add-ons, then you guys can jump on yeah, and say, hey, we well, we did it. security, too. We remake it. <laughs> right. Well, all they did was charge you money for it. That's all that was. You just got to take their icon off, put yours <clears> on, <throat> and then, you know, double the price. <laughs> Basic I mean, but no, yeah. What, what, what Ed's saying is is like it is very much so true. Is like we're not trying to scare you from you know getting a printer. We we actually want you to get a printer. We're just saying that if you actively are not thinking about you know how your device connecting to your network is going to affect you, then you probably have a lot more unsecured devices in your network. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably reevaluate yeah. your whole network if you're fine with this stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's those are the those some of those some of those type of people and I know some of y'all are out there, believe me, 
are running around with the the, the Wi-Fi slogan on their on their house, yeah. or that you know, that, 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 that says please have that, a password that, that, that says you know um, uh, FBI you know yeah um, surveillance surveillance wait, wait. Man. oh yeah that's and, the one I want right there yeah click and, here and for it, viruses yeah. like I know and it, it says unsecured yeah you know and it's like come on guys or the password's like one two three four yeah pound you know so you need a special character. Yeah, you know, maybe a, like a uppercase P because you need a you need a you know something. Like you should make there. a passphrase. That that's what you, it right. should be a whole sentence. I mean, I, I'm just gonna be honest. I, I, I honestly believe until Please the day. Please don't do pass paragraphs. Until the day yeah, we no, get rid of passwords, <laughs> which means we're at the we're at the mercy of idiots. Well, um, a lot of things have gone to the you know the thumbprint and stuff like that. But. Yeah. But but I mean I say I'm when I say that fingers, what do I do now we 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 <laughs> screwed you yeah. toast and, you and we probably toast. need to get close to wrapping up yeah right because right. because yeah, we we, we about to get unraveled I'm just saying for, in in general past we are not good at being we we're repeatable that's the problem with humans creatures as added. as much as we mm-hmm. try to be random we can't be when it comes to creating some type of code yeah. There, there's a method to it, and once the method is, the cipher is figured out, then you know it's it's over with. I agree, and you know, I think Ed mentioned it. You know, we're getting kind of towards the end, and I think you know, from I think we we've kind of hit that point where we're we're starting to get where we could be getting another episode later. <clears throat> so we can go ahead and you know kind of you know draw it to the end, and I just want to say thank you. Every person out there who's you know who's listened to us, who's followed us this far, I know some of y'all have been there from day one. Hell, um, you know, listen to us now. You know, I, I, I thank you. When we was rambling on. Oh boy, y'all listen to a lot of randomness. <laughs> we ain't been ra- we ain't stopped rambling. Oh, you at the no, beginning. No, at the beginning it was worse. It was worse. Yeah. You listen to a lot of uh, adult beverages being opened in the yep. background. <laughs> um, you know, y'all y'all were there for all that. You know, we we thank you. Every single one of you, you know, we thank you. We appreciate you. Um, you know, make sure you figure out what your risks are inside your your environment for for security. And you know, we hope that y'all have a good one. And uh, you know, I'll turn it over to everybody else. You know, we thank you, and we'll uh, see y'all there. I just appreciate the, the support, guys, and uh, we love uh, giving you information. Yeah. So, like they were, like they both said, um, like if you haven't evaluated it, you should probably check your own network. <laughs> Please, please make sure you're secure. You know, you've got firewalls, all those things that you should make sure are turned on. Protect your information uh, because your information is probably tied to your family's information. And uh, if you're the reason that, you know, someone related to you's identity gets taken, it's that's not a good feeling. So, um, but yeah, I also echo these guys. I appreciate it. Um, keep, keep, uh, keep listening. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more content coming out, but uh once again, we're always very grateful. Thanks, guys. There you go. Have a good one. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.